Hey, this is Kyle Papadum. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this encourages you and helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. We're going to 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 1 through 9, and it says this, David went down to the town of Nob to see Ahimelech the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he saw him. Why are you alone, he asked. Why is no one with you? The king has sent me on a private matter, David said. He told me not to tell anyone while I am here. I have told my men where to meet me later. Now, what is there to eat? Give me five loaves of bread or anything else you have. Nothing like hungry teenagers, huh? We don't have any regular bread, the priest said, but there is the holy bread, which you can only have if your young men have not slept with any women recently. Don't worry, David replied. I never allow my men to be with women when we are on a campaign, and since they stay clean even on ordinary trips, how much more on this one? Since there was no other food available, the priest gave him the holy bread, the bread of the presence that was placed before the Lord in the tabernacle. It had just been replaced that day with fresh bread. Now, Doeg the Edomite, Saul's chief herdsman, was there that day, having, having been detained before the Lord. David asked Ahimelech, do you have a spear or a sword? The king's business was so urgent that I didn't have time to grab a weapon. I only have the sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah. The priest replied, it's wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. Take that if you want it, for there is nothing else here. There's nothing else like it, David said. Give it to me. The title of my message this morning is There's Nothing Like It. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the word that you're going to speak to our hearts. We receive it now. Open our ears to hear. We pray this in your precious and holy name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, take a second and say amen, and then tell us where you're watching from, who you're watching with. We want to make sure that we're connecting with all of you saying hi. Uh, we love being in the comments with you guys, and, and this is just so much fun. I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture today, all to make one single point. And I'm going to tell you the point up front. So you ready? There is nothing like going through something difficult. God never wastes a good crisis. He always promises to come through for us, and he promises to come through in us as well. He really does take his time and make sure that everything we go through works according to his will. That's his promise to us. He comes through every time. One of the most interesting parts of this scripture is it's all based on a lie. David tells a lie at the very beginning. He says, uh, David went to the town of Noab, and, and Ahimelech the priest said, why are you alone? David said, the king has sent me on a private matter, and that's actually not the case. If you read the chapter beforehand, it actually says that David is running from Saul, the king. He's hiding from him so he doesn't, he doesn't get killed. The king's son, Jonathan, tells David, get out of here. Go run away, and I'll make sure to cover for you. So David runs out, and he goes to the priest. He actually runs to the temple. He runs to the presence of God. That's one of the things that I want us to see today. Then he says, give me a sword. You have a sword. I need something to defend myself. And Ahimelech the priest says, actually, I've got Goliath's sword. You know that sword well. It's behind the ephod. Go check it out. The sword wasn't just a weapon. It was a trigger of memories. It was a trigger of his homeland. It was a trigger of things that he has gone through. 
I mean, think about it. You've gone through some things and there's a specific song, there's a specific smell, there's a specific sound that you hear, or even talking to someone after you haven't seen them for a while. It triggers memories, good or bad, of that situation. And that's what David is, is walking through as he walks up and picks up this sword. Can you imagine as he holds it in his hand, he remembers that he, he killed the Philistine with his hand. He remembers the turmoil that was going on in his nation at this time. We've all heard the story of David and Goliath. So you know that there was, there was a battle breaking out and the only one that stopped the battle was David. He went and fought Goliath himself. And then not only did he fight Goliath and kill him, he took Goliath's own sword and sorry kids, he cut off his head as a reminder that God's going to come through. This is really what God called us to do. And so I wonder, do you have something in your own life that's like the sword, that's reminding you of the victories, the past victories? I love this. The sight and touch of the glorious trophy revived the old sure trust, which in these dark days of betrayal and persecution was beginning to fail that gallant spirit of David's. This is from a commentary that I found. It does not appear from the story that the Philistine sword was of extraordinary size. It was just a tried weapon of proved temper and its strength is certain, but its chief preciousness consisted, of course, in its storied associations. See, the sword itself wasn't crazy valuable. It was just another sword for just another soldier. But the reminder of what God did the last time is the value that it brought to David. What God did the last time is going to bring value in the middle of this current crisis. Whether that's in the middle of racial tensions, or if that's in the middle of a pandemic, or if it's in the middle of family problems, maybe it's in your marriage that there's problems, maybe there's problems at work, I don't know. But I want you to remember, find something to remind yourself that God came through last time, he's going to come through this time, and guess what? He's gonna do it again. You get to expect the miraculous, that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Check this out in 1 Samuel verse, uh, chapter 17, a couple chapters earlier. says, But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine, talking about Goliath, will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this, of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, go, the Lord be with you. Do you see what he's doing? He's actually in the presence of the priest with the sword, but he's actually going back to this very conversation saying the last time I fought with this, I remembered the first time that God saved me from the lion. Then I remembered that he saved me from the bear. Then I remembered that he saved me from Goliath. Now I believe he can save me from Saul. David in a time of trouble though, this is one of my favorite parts of David's life and this is probably one of God's favorite things in David's life. He was programmed to run to the presence of God. Every time he did something wrong, don't get me wrong, he did stuff wrong, he was messed up. But he always came back to the presence of God. He always came back saying, God, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? Will you take me back? He runs into the temple and then he consumes what is called the showbread in the presence of God to sustain him. 
He, he was able to make, you ready for something nerdy? He was making new neural pathways every single time he chose to go back into the presence of God. You have the ability in the middle of crisis to choose to make a decision to go back to the presence of God. Now the beautiful thing about what we have now is we don't have to go to a tent. We don't have to go see a priest. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We get to speak to God directly. But every time that David messed up, every time that he did something goofy, he was known for going back to the heart of Jesus, saying, what do you want from me? Please forgive me. It was in the presence of God that he was encouraged, that he could remember the things that God did for him earlier in life. I guess what I'm saying here is sometimes when you're under attack, you need to go back to the weapon that you know that you're comfortable with. I don't know about you. Uh, I have something in my own life that every time I, I touch this item, I, I go back to a certain place. It's my red electric guitar. Every time I grab that guitar, it transports me back to a little bedroom up above the garage in Antioch, California, where I learned to play the guitar. I spent hours pouring my heart out to God with that guitar in my hand. I know it well. Every time I play that guitar, I think of sitting on the edge of my bed, pouring my heart out to God. It's really funny, but I know that guitar better than any other guitar I own. I know where the strings need to bend to hit the right note. I know every one of the, the, the dents in the neck. I, I know what it feels like. And so when I know that I'm going through something hard, guess what I do? I'll go and grab that guitar. Because I know that that is something that has, that has been used by God for him to speak directly to me. David said, I can't fight with all this armor on. I need my sling. If you read the story of him fighting Goliath, he freaks out because he has all this armor on. It's so heavy. It's so big. And he's just like, you know what? I've got to go back to something I know that I'm familiar with, that I know that I'm good with. And what's funny is God will use the weapon he used last time to develop a new one for you. Check this out. David tore open a bear and a lion with his bare hands. So God used his hands, but this time he put a sling in it. To fight, uh, to fight Goliath. He fought Goliath with the sling and he traded the sling for a sword. And then he used the sword later when he's defending himself against Saul. God will use what you're going through right now to encourage you. God's gonna use what you're going through right now to build you up. He's going to use it in the future. So you don't have to freak out. You don't have to worry about what's going on in the world right now. You don't have to worry about civil unrest. You don't have to worry about familial unrest. You don't even have to worry about financial problems because God's going to use them for his good. He promised us as much. David was so comfortable with this sword. He was so comfortable using his own hands because of everything that he'd been through. He actually gets to the point where he says, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like this sword. There's nothing like what God brought me through last time. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Have you been through something difficult in your past? I have. I've been through a lot of crazy things. But you know what? I wouldn't trade any of them because I know that God's using them. What God is doing in your life is a direct result of what he's done in your life before. He's going to continue to use it. There's nothing like it. So what am I trying to communicate in this whole thing? God is going to use the thing he has already brought you through to help build your faith to go through what's next. Those experiences are going to equip you in the present, right now, what you're currently going through, and in the future. He's going to use them to impact your children and your children's children. One of the craziest stories that I have from when we were starting this church is running, uh, I, was, I was leaving my apartment 
and I was running down the stairs and I knocked into my upstairs neighbor. Her name was Amanda. I didn't know her yet. And she's actually a part of this church with her husband, Abe. And she and I started talking as we were walking to the cars. And she said, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pastor and I'm starting a church in Tustin. She goes, no way. You're not going to believe this, but my husband and I have been praying to be a part of a, of a church from the very beginning. Can we come and join that? And I was like, uh, yeah, you, you can, as a matter of fact. And it's so cool to see the way that God has used them and grown them into who they are now. Uh, but the crazy part is he actually used that same way of things happening to bring somebody else into our church. Another one of our neighbors joined our launch team early on the exact same way where I ran into them at the bottom of the stairs and they said, what are you doing? Like, who are you? What are you doing? I said, I'm Kyle. I'm starting a church in Tustin. They said, no way. We want to be a part of a church. Can we come and be with you? Do you see what I mean? God's going to use the way that he's done things in the past to do things again in the future. And he's going to take care of you. God will use old friendships in your future, believe it or not. My parents taught me at a very early age, never burn a bridge. And I can't say that I've, I've done extremely well on that over my life, but I can say this. There are people like Jeff and Janet Jahala who are a part of our church right now because of relationships that started over 20 years ago. God's faithfulness is still coming through because of something that happened 20 years ago. So just imagine what he's going to do with your life right now through COVID. Imagine what he's going to do in your life right now through racial tensions. Imagine what he's going to do through your family and your children. So I guess what I'm wanting you to ask is this. When you go through something difficult, say to God, what am I supposed to learn? Like, what are you trying to communicate to me? What are you trying to set up that you can use for the future generations? There is something that God is going to use in your current reality to supply future faith. Your job is simply to be present. His job is to come through. Your job is to be faithful. He will be fruitful. His job is to watch over his word and perform every promise that he has made. I mean, that's what he said in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, saying, I know the plans that I have for you. I know what I've promised you. I have plans to make you better. I have plans to bring you encouragement. I have plans to use you for my kingdom. He'll make all of this work together for his good. Now, I don't want to overlook one specific part. This entire scripture is based off of David coming and asking for food and for a weapon. And we talked about the weapon, but I want you to pick up on something. It's the bread. See, the priest said multiple times, I don't have anything. I just have the show bread. I just have the bread that's specifically designed for me, the priest, to eat. Because it was tradition that the priest and his family could enjoy the show bread after five days. They were constantly changing the bread out in the presence of God so it never got stale. That's almost, that's almost like how our relationship with God is supposed to be. We're supposed to spend regular time with him so our relationship never gets stale. The showbread was a specific gift to God in his presence. And tradition said the priest was supposed to eat it. But David breaks tradition here and he actually takes it for himself and says, I will eat this. It will sustain me. David consuming this bread in the presence of God was his acknowledgement that Christ is enough for me. That what you've done in the past is enough for me. It will sustain me. And I love that Jesus, later on in, in John, he reveals himself, not just as the way, the truth, and the life, not just as the gate, not just as the vine. He actually reveals himself to us 
as the bread of life. He comes to us and says, I will be enough for you. And David is realizing this. David is realizing that that the presence of God is enough for me. Now, honestly, the story does not have a great ending. A couple of chapters later, the priest dies because of what has happened here, because of David's lie. And David would end up regretting it for years to come. But he always was going back to that moment. Can you imagine the next time that he grabbed a loaf of bread? The power that that would bring. He knew when he was in trouble, he could run to the presence of God. He consumed bread, got a sword. He was, he was taken care of and given provision. And then he would sit down with his family and eat a piece of bread and just have that, that knowledge in the back of his mind. I'm eating with Christ. I'm eating with God himself. I've eaten this in his presence before. I know what it means to be in the presence of God. And legacy, I want you to know what it means to be in the presence of God. I want you to know his power and his presence more than anything else. I want you, when you are going through something difficult, whether that is a pandemic or anything else in your world, I want you to know that you need to run to the presence of God. You don't have to go to the church building. You don't have to go to the priest. You can go to God directly. Now, there's a couple of people watching that maybe have never made this decision before, that you've never run to God and said, I have this this stuff that I need help with. Will you help me? And I want to give you an opportunity right now to make that decision. If you want to be able to go directly to God himself and say, here's what I'm dealing with. Will you please help me? I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Will you forgive me of all of my sins? the things that you call wrong. Make me like you. Help me live like you. If you just said that prayer for the first time, I want to welcome you to the family of Christ. I want to welcome you into the presence of God because he is here. He is in the room with you right now. No matter what room you're in, he is with you. Now, there needs to be a little bit of spiritual Uh, disciplines here. Every time you go through something difficult, I want you to train yourself to go to the presence of God. I want you to train your mind to begin to focus on Christ. Focus on what he did last time. I've, I've been sitting with people all week in conversations about them dealing with depression and anxiety and frustrations and worry. And you know what? Every single one of those has a solution in the presence of God. So spend time there, talk with God, begin to eat with him. And when I say eat with him, I mean invite him in to the conversation in your private time with him. If you don't have a private time with him, set some time aside, do that. This is what's going to get us through. This is not just what's gonna get us through. This is what's going to make us stronger coming out of the season. Guys, I really believe that God is doing something in and through our church and it's powerful and I don't want you to miss it. But I think we need to really realize that God is speaking directly to our hearts, saying, I was with you last time, and what you're going through now, I'm going to use later in your future to supply energy, to supply faith, to bring hope to a crazy situation. He came to us and said, he is the bread of life. And so I want you to take a second and invite him to be that in your own life. Father, would you be the bread that gets us through? God, would you be the sword in our hand that reminds us of past victories that you led us through and that you're going to do it again? Speak to our hearts, God. We, th- we thank you for what you're doing, what you have done, and what you will do. We say this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for joining us. And special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description below to give now, or you can go to legacychurch.online for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, take a screenshot, share it on your social stories, and tag us at Legacy Church Tustin. Thanks again for listening. God bless.